Uh, good morning, Bethany. How are you? I know, I know you want to watch the rest of the movie, so you'll have to go on Netflix later, but don't be using those fancy earbuds and watch it on your phone now, okay? Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to introduce people to Jesus, love them as family, and grow together in Christ. That is our mission as a church, and I am pretty excited about it. Unlike uh, Ethan Hunt and the Mission Impossible team, this is not an impossible mission. It's not. It is completely possible, but only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I got good news for you. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit. And so, like the, like the Bible says in 2 Peter, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. We can do this mission. It's not top secret. It's, in fact, it's been ongoing since the dawn of time, and we get to join God in his great work. Uh, you don't have to do it alone. God has raised up a community of believers here, like-minded believers who are to, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews we're supposed to spur each other on to good, to, uh, good works. If you want to know what, that was, what that's like, come to one of our elder retreats, and you'll see a little bit of spurring each other on, well, I guess to good works too. We had a great time uh, together this weekend. You don't have to do it alone, and you know what? You won't get disavowed if you get caught. You won't. However, I have to say that there are millions of people around the world who, because of this mission, have lost their life or are in danger of losing their life. We live in such a privileged place. Do you realize that? that we can gather here freely and, and, uh, and not be in danger in any way. Now, of course, the enemy is still out there. Please hear me. So it's not impossible. It's not top secret. We don't have to go alone. We won't get disavowed. We're talking about the mission of God. Now, Bible scholars call this the Missio Dei, and I don't know why I had to say that because it's the only two Latin words I know. But it means mission of God. He has been on this since the beginning. Um, it started immediately after Adam and Eve ate that forbidden fruit. The, the, in Genesis 3.15, God promised that he would send a deliverer through the seed of the woman. And that was the initiation of this mission. Uh, it's, and it continued on. God chose a family in Genesis 12. You remember what he told, told Abraham? All the nations of the world are going to be blessed through you. And, of course, who is he, who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. And, uh, of course, we're, we're about to celebrate the next phase of that invasion uh, at Christmas time when, when God came in the flesh. He, he expanded it from, um, the, the, uh, from Abraham to a, a family, to a nation. In Isaiah 49.6, we talked about this last week, I will make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the end of the earth. Then it culminated in the coming of Jesus to, the, to this earth where he willingly laid, laid down his life as payment for our sin. He threw open the gates of heaven for all who would believe. Isn't that awesome? Tell you what. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If so, say amen. Amen. All right. Could you tell your face that this morning? We are a blessed and privileged people. We are joining God on his mission. Um, So, the mission of God. That's what it's all about. And you know what? The last thing that Jesus did before he left the earth was that he passed this mission on to us. 
And so he said to his disciples and those who would come after him, as the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. The mission of God. Let's, uh, let's, so, now I know that, that we've, we as a congregation, I, w- I wasn't here for it, but we just went through Mission Month, right? So all of you guys are already up on this stuff. So let me give you just the, the briefest of quizzes here. If I were to say to you, well, where would we go in the Bible um, to find out the, 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 in, in Cliff Notes, the short, short and sweet, what this mission is about, we might even call it a commission. Uh, where, where would we go? The Great Commission, right? In, in the book of Matthew, Matthew 28. These are Jesus' final instructions. Now, now, the nice thing about this mission is we don't have to make it up. It's already been given to us. It was given to the church 2,000 years ago, and, and here it is. So I know you've probably heard this. Did, did anyone preach on this uh, during Mission Month? Whew, oh, man. Good. Okay, good. Um, let's read the Great Commission. I know it's very familiar to you. Jesus came and told his disciples, he's just about to ascend up into heaven, he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, you go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, teaching the new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." So let's just pause just here for a few minutes and talk a little bit about this commission. The first thing that I notice out of this is that Jesus has all authority on heaven and earth. That's good. Because in this commission, we don't go in our own authority. We don't go in our own strength. We go in the strength and authority of Jesus Christ. He says, you, I want you to go and share this great news of the gospel. And then it says to go. Now, the interesting thing about this word go is that in the original language, it's not an imperative, it's a, it's a participle, which some Bible scholars say, while you're going. So while God may call some of us to uproot our family and move across the seas to, say, the Philippines, where we heard a report this morning in Sunday school class, uh, and serve there, really this commission, this mission that God has given us as a church can be accomplished while we're going. So do what you normally do, but remember God's mission. Then then the next simple thing to do is we're going to go and we're going to make disciples of all nations. Now this is where the churches often drop the ball. You know what? Our commission is not to just have people get saved. All right? So many people come to faith in Christ, but they're never discipled. They never know what the next steps are. We as a church are committed to not just seeing people come to faith in Christ, but to see them grow in their faith and grow like like family. And so to make disciples of all nations, then the next thing is to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Very important. The next step, after having received Jesus Christ as your Savior, after uh, coming to faith in Him, is to follow Him in believer's baptism. And then finally, the third thing, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. So when I have a, a child that's sitting in my office who's talking, uh, I'm talking to either, usually about baptism, I say, Jesus just gave us three simple things to do. Just three. One is to become a disciple. The second one is to get baptized. And the third thing is to, uh, to learn all the things that he commanded us to obey. It's found right here. 
And so by doing that, we are fulfilling God's mission. So that's the Great Commission. That is our, one of our missions. Now, there's another passage which, upon, upon which most um, mission statements, church mission statements are based. It's this we call the Great Commandment. Maybe you're familiar with this. It's found in Matthew chapter 22. This is when the Pharisees came to Jesus and they wanted to trip him up and they said, which commandment is the greatest? And they were talking about the Ten Commandments, which is, of course, a reflection of the entire Pentateuch, which is the first five books. So basically, how do you sum up what God was saying in the Old Testament? Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbors as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And so we have the great commission, and we have the great commandment. The great commission tells us, deals with what we're supposed to be doing. Sharing the gospel, baptizing converts, leading people into a full life in Christ through discipleship. That's the great commission. The great commandment deals about why we're supposed to do it, because it's an expression of our love for God, and also how we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to do it with love, loving others. So, all church um, uh, mission statements that are worth their salt are based on the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. So I thought, well, let's look at a few uh, other church mission statements um, and just see what they say. And well, let's be critical. We can be critical, right? Of other churches, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so this is uh, Redeeming Grace Church, the church which Pam and I are currently fellowshipping down in Virginia. We're just about ready to say goodbye to them. They're going to have a commissioning service for us and send us out, uh, and we're looking forward to that. Um, but pretty simple. Theirs is to go into our world with the good news to make and equip growing disciples of Jesus Christ. What do you think of that? Eh, not bad. Not bad. Now, if I were writing it myself, I'd say, you know what? That feels a little bit weak on the great commandment to me. Where's the love God and love others in that? Um, and we'll get into some of those excesses which, which can occur when you don't hold these in balance. But, eh, I'll go to that church. That's good. All right. Uh, oh, Christian Fellowship Church. Uh, this right down the street here. And uh, Don uh, Renard, who was here last week, he, he's from there. Proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to every person in a biblically-based and culturally relevant manner and to promote spiritually vibrant community as the context for authentic relationship and Christ-centered service. What do you think? That's pretty good. Not going to fit on a bumper sticker or a mug, is it? <laughs> yeah, so a little wordy, but I, th- I think it gets the job done. Uh, that's pretty good. So that's Christian Fellowship Church. How about, uh, how about our friends over at Pine Grove? Pine Grove Church exists to share the message of Jesus Christ and to encourage believers to grow together in maturity and ministry in order to magnify God. Yeah, you know, I could, honestly, I could live, live with all of these mission statements. I think they do a good job. But what I like about ours, besides the fact that it's very pithy, and it could fit on a bumper sticker or a mug, so now you know what your Christmas present's going to be from the church, you know. <laughs> um, but what I like about our statement, which actually I had nothing to do with, uh, as a, but the Lord did, he brought it together, is that our mission statement talks not just about what we're supposed to be doing, but how we're supposed to be doing it. 
I love that. I love the idea of loving each other as family. I love the idea of growing together in Christ. And you know, as we look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was a man who was filled with compassion. And he went out into the world, and, he, and, and the criticism of him was that he ate with sinners. You know, and it's like, and he went to the, the woman at the well who had had five husbands and the one that wasn't, and he sat with her, and boy, when his disciples came back from getting subs, they, uh, you know, to feed him, they were like, what are you doing, Jesus? I'm doing, I'm doing my commission. I'm doing what God commanded me to do. And, you know, the church has struggled and we will continue to struggle, and it's a good struggle, with how do we balance this whole thing of, of the great commission and the great commandment. So I love ours because it's, it's, uh, it's personal. It deals with love and family, and, 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 and the, so the mission goes forth within the context of love. Now, as we're talking about mission statements, there are excesses or, or places where the church historically drops the ball. I just want to share them with you. The first one is that we will uh, uh, tell about the mission, but we won't show it. And so that's, that's bullhorn guy, you know, the guy who, who stands and, and, and yells, through a, yells the gospel through a bill, uh, bullhorn, and, and he's angry. Have you ever, ever seen anything like that? Um, now, again, please hear me. I, I'm not saying that there's no place for street evangelism. Uh, and, and, and I've been involved in, in various uh, aspects of that. But, but an, an excess of the church is that we are willing to tell, but we are not willing to show. And you'll find that many churches who are involved in that, you listen to their messages and everybody sounds angry. It's like, wait, wait, so how, how is the good news good if we're yelling it? I just, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, and we become detached from the message. Um, so back, uh, and uh, actually, I, I, I do see some evidences of that even here in, in Lancaster County. As I'm a, uh, so there's this big, big sign, I, I think it's on the, the turnpike, you know, when you die, you will meet God. Well, now, that, that's true. <laughs> I, I got no argument with that. But I guess what I'm just asking and I, I, is, how does that land with a person who needs, who needs to know Jesus? You know? So um, it lands with them, well, uh, God is very, very disappointed in you. He's angry with you, so you better make it right quick before he squashes you like a bug. And that just doesn't sound to me like John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It just doesn't, it doesn't sink for me. So I agree that, that that is a true and biblical statement, but it's not in the matrix of love. And so I think it's just lost on some people. So, uh, you know, back when I was in, in, uh, in high school, we were, we were um, encouraged to give out gospel tracts, you know. And so we would go up to people we don't know and try to, to, try to foist pieces of paper on them. Now, again, ooh, ooh. <laughs> now, again, um, has God used that to lead people to faith? In, in, absolutely, absolutely. And I praise him for that. You know, in the end, he uses all of our incomplete efforts, for his glory and his grace. Um, you know, uh, but, but as I say, it's very disturbing when, when you're, you're, uh, you're in a restaurant, you go into the men's bathroom, and there's one sitting on the urinal. You know, it's like, like this is just... Uh, or, or, but worse yet, we, we, we leave the gospel track, but we don't tip well. You know, like, come on, I know you're Pennsylvania Dutch, but 
you gotta, if you're going to leave the gospel, you've got you to gotta, you gotta, you gotta, uh, be kind with it. It's what we do. It's sometimes what churches get involved in. We, we get involved in, the, in the, the telling, but not the showing. You know, one of the, um, and I say this to, the, to this indictment because, uh, you know, I've been part of these churches in my life too, and it's only been a realization as the years have gone on, and, and I believe as spiritual maturity has come. We would have a, a, a program in the, our churches growing up, you know, Thursday night visitation, when we would go and we would gather at the church and we would go and we would canvas a neighborhood and we would seek to share the gospel door to door. Now, again, I think that there was a time when that is a little more effective. Now, um, I just kind of put my place, myself in the place of, you know, how do you feel when a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon or whatever comes up to the door? It's like, dude, you don't even know me. And it feels like a sales presentation. But the thing that, that always convicted me out of that would be that what we would do is we would climb in our cars and we would drive to the church and then we would go to another neighborhood to share the gospel. And you know what? Frankly, the majority of our neighbors have never heard the gospel from us anyway. So we're driving past our neighbors to go share the gospel to someone we don't know. Why, why do we do that? It's because uh, in our gospel presentation, we are on some levels committed to tell but not show. You say, well, you don't know my neighbor. He lets his dog, you know, all over my lawn. Right? These are the people for which God died. So in the matrix of relationship, the gospel is shared. I love this, uh, this passage in John chapter 1, verse 14. It says this, The word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, when God himself, the God of the universe, the creator of all things, when he wanted to share his message of good news, what did he do? He sent a person. He sent Jesus. He, he could have uh, written it in the sky. He could have just dropped it down, a book of the Bible in everyone's language. He could have just started a radio program, and, and that would have been the end of it. But no, he sent a person. And you know what? God is still in the business of sending people, and he wants to send you. And in fact, he has sent you. So one of the first excesses, tell but don't show. Now the other excess will be show but don't tell. Okay, now that would be where, where we get involved, and please hear me, these are good things, I'm not, I'm not speaking against any of them, uh, but, but a, a show and don't tell would be, you know, soup kitchens and homeless shelters and charities and good deeds, and, and I'm all for all of that, that gospel has to be paired with that, but sometimes the gospel gets lost in the mix and, and it's never heard at all. And so it was like, well, you know, didn't St. Francis of, of Assisa say, preach the gospel at all times, but when necessary, use words? Yes, he, he did say that. The point is, sometimes it's necessary to use words. Um, so I was uh, doing a little recon here for Lancaster County. And uh, there's a guy who graduated from the same Bible college I do who works over at uh, LCBC. His name's Paul Jaspers. So I was talking with him a little bit. And, and uh, you know, and he was giving me the, the uh, Lancaster County pep talk, which was, he said, so many nice people, so many Christians, but tell, this is what he said. Uh, so, but it, I tell you what, it's a challenging ministry environment because everybody is so nice all the time. 
it's difficult to leverage that into effective gospel witness. Would you agree with that? No? He lied to me. I think I see what he's talking about. Now, has God called us to be nice? Absolutely. And I am so thankful that in Lancaster County there is a vibrant um, uh, Christian witness, a testimony. But at some point that has to be turned into the actual gospel message. You know what? I have found that I can be as nice as I want to people, but they'll never ask the motive of why I'm nice. They won't. And so I can be, I can help and I can stop to change a person's tire and, and, and you know, and maybe out of that uh, an opportunity to share the gospel doesn't, that's fine. I, I get that. Uh, I'm not being nice to them so I can share the gospel, but I have walked away from lots of situations in my life in which I was really, really nice to a person and I was kind of hoping that they would say something so that I could say something and they didn't say something so I didn't say anything. I was like, hmm. And I walked away feeling... You know, I just didn't quite do justice to the mission. So, tell and don't show, show and don't tell. But honestly, I'm just being brutally honest here. I think that the the majority problem of most churches is that we don't show or tell. Now, I'm not talking about institutional church. Okay, every I mean, you're going to hear the gospel here and institutionally you'll come to our classes and Gerald will get get involved in Christian education here to grow in Christ. You will hear the gospel. I'm talking about the individual members or partners or attendees of church. We're not really always up for the mission at all. And, And that problem there is that we don't tell or we don't show, you know, um, had a person down at Grace Life where I was saying, you know what, um, we, we made these, it was all the rage. I don't know if you guys did. We made, we made these um, uh, magnetic bumper things for, for your church. And it was because, of me- I've got to be honest, it was because a mega church in our area did it, and we didn't want to be caught behind the times. It's like, you know what, you say, oh, look, everybody's going to their church. We're going to get ours out there too. So we, but, and then, then a lady came up to me, and she said, um, man, I hate having that on the back of our car because, you know, the way I drive, I just don't... Mm. Like, okay, maybe we've got a little problem here um, with, with not showing or telling. You know, statistically, um, people who do this kind of thing say 61% of churchgoers will never share their faith. 61%. So what a, what a, what a tragedy. Um, and frankly, most of us walk through our day not really thinking, I wonder if God has an agenda beyond my agenda. I wonder if God wants me to be doing something beyond my to-do list. We don't show or tell. Now, of course, where, where we want to land is that we both show and tell, right? That's the balance of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Practically speaking, that we, would, that we would be involved. And I love what Don Renard shared at the conclusion. It's like, with hindsight, it's like he should have shared it right here. So if you weren't here, uh, you missed it. Last week, the cliff notes of, of what Don was sharing was that there is a, uh, I like the song that we use, a near revival breaking out in a, at a church in Sweden, which is ministering primarily to atheists. 
And atheists are coming to, to Christ left and right, and there's no human explanation for it. It's simply an act of God. But you know what? It's not just because of apologetical arguments. Where, but it's because these atheists are coming across an extraordinary love which cannot be explained. And they're being loved into the kingdom of God. I would love to see that here, wouldn't you? People being loved into the kingdom of God. An outstanding um, thing that's happening. And it wasn't because of the airtight uh, arguments for the existence of God. It wasn't because they're blanketing their city with flyers and handouts. But the truth is being shared in the context of loving family. So our mission. Our mission. Let's look at that one more time here. The mission of Bethany Grace Fellowship. To introduce people to Jesus, love each other as family, and grow together in Christ. Now I can assure you, on behalf of the elders, that as a church, corporately, we are headed towards this. This is the, this is the tone that you will have. Now, now, that should cause you to relax in a couple of ways. One is that we take discipleship seriously. We are, when a person comes to faith in Christ, we're not just going to let them sit. We're going to teach them everything that Jesus has commanded. We are in uh, discipleship for lifelong. And that is going to be done in a loving way and in the context of family. You can feel free to bring unsaved friends and relatives to this place because they will be loved as family. I love that, and I want that. I was in Bob Evans uh, the other day, um, and they, they have a little moniker on the wall. It says, we, we treat strangers like, fa- like friends and friends like family. I'll tell you what, we're going to one-up them. Come to Bethany Grace, everybody's family. Are you there this morning? Yeah. Everybody's family. We're going we're gonna to love each other in that extraordinary way. And, and people will say, as they did in the New Testament, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on there, but man, they love each other. They know how to love each other. Where I want to kind of land the plane here, though, is institutionally that uh, mission statement is secure. And that's where we're going. But what I want to really kind of drive it home is, is what about you individually? And so when it says own the mission, what we're not talking about is, yeah, I'd love to go to a church that has a mission like that. But will you own the mission in that this is your mission individually or your family to introduce people to to Jesus, to love them as family and grow together in Christ? So... um, this past summer, Pam and I had an opportunity to go to, uh, to Texas. Um, uh, there was a counseling retreaty kind of thing that we were, uh, we were going to. And so uh, I booked the flight um, through United, and they've done some changes at United now so that if when you, and I don't know if you noticed it, when you just book your flight, it, it gets you seats, but it doesn't get you anything else, you know? And so if you actually want to sit next to your wife, you have to like go or log on no sooner, and they'll charge you an extra twenty bucks to sit. Like, hey, dude, I love my wife and all, but twenty extra bucks? I, uh, I don't know. I, uh. So, um, so I didn't do it. 
Um, so what, what ended up happening was Pam, and we, we checked that, Pam sat behind, and, and it was like a three, you know. And so, and you didn't even get the window seat. So I got stuck in the middle, right, with, with, with an overweight person here, and it's just, it's kind of grumpy. Uh, and, and Pam sat behind me. So, you know, a couple hour flight and all. This was on the way down. And so I got out my, uh, my noise-canceling Bose speaker headset. I'm like, ah. And, uh, and, you know, every once in a while, I'd, I'd pick it up. And, and there's Pam in the back. <laughs> like, oh, like, you know, oh, thank God that's getting out of her system. No, <laughs> so, uh, no, no. So she, she was, she, she's, I'm in trouble. Okay. Uh, so, um, so, you know, it's like, and I justify that, and okay, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of short on sleep, or, uh, boy, you know, I can listen to really good Christian music here, blah, 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 you know. And, and got off the flight, and sinks back up with Pam, who had, had a wonderful gospel-oriented conversation with, with, an, with, with her seatmates, you know, while I was just, you know, you know. Um, so I thought, you know, okay, uh, and, and, and I guess that, that's what I'm talking about. Well, what is our posture as we go throughout our day? You know? Are we so, um, so focused on our to-do list? Uh, you know, I pray all the time, Lord, give me opportunities to, sh- to share your life. Lord, help me to engage in your mission. But on a practical level, I walk through de- the day with Bose speaker tuned out. To those opportunities. I'm just, I'm just confessing. That's, that's what I do. And then I get to the end of the week and it's like, oh man, I guess I didn't have any opportunities. Because I'm happy for the church to have the mission, right? But I don't necessarily see that as my personal mission. So uh, we went through the, we had the week uh, conference there and all that. And we got back on the plane. And, uh, and again, too cheap to actually. So, uh, so, uh, we sat, we were sitting apart, and, you know, and I was like reaching into my knapsack for the, uh, you know, and I'm like, no, I stop. So get engaged in a conversation with the girl next to me. Um, you know, she uh, raised in a Mormon home um, from, from Salt Lake City. Um, you know, she and her boyfriend now live in in, uh, Salt, in uh, um, where, we, where we were from, where, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth is where she's at. Um, you know, not experiencing the exact love of her family since she's living with a boyfriend and now has a baby. And, you know, we get into this wonderful conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, I would, uh, you know um, it, it didn't happen that she, like, you know, repented of her sin and came to, came to Christ um, but but that's not that's not wasn't the point. The point is, you know, uh, just scattering seeds, you know. And I and I walked away from that engagement with satisfied. Um, just, just man, I I felt like I had done what God had placed before me. This wonderful opportunity of organic conversation, unforced, and and you know what? I believe that that young lady walked off the plane feeling loved, feeling heard. And just one step closer to meeting Jesus Christ. 
two flights. So what my challenge to you for this week is, is like, okay, the mission, um, um, to introduce people to Jesus, to love each other as family and grow together in Christ. We're going to do that as a church. That's just what we're going to do. But will you do it? Will you do it? And so what that means perhaps for this week is, is you know, I'm going to take, take, enter your week taking off your metaphorical Bose noise-canceling speaker. Just say, you know what, I'm not going to do that this week. And I'm, I'm really going to enter in, just kind of tuned. It's like, okay, God, is there an agenda for me beyond my agenda this week? And I tell you what, when you, when you, when you say something like that, it's going to be a wild week. I'm just here to tell you. Because, and, and sometimes that happens in wonderful ways, and sometimes that happens in wonderfully inconvenient ways. But let's, as a church body, if, if, the, if the 260 or 300 the people here, well, let's, you know, I'm going to take the mission of Beth, that God has given us seriously. And I'm just going to say, Lord, open up a door. I'm turning off my headset. I'm putting it down. I'm going to be open to what you have. I think God could use us this week. I really do. Let's bow in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for your love and patience with us. God, we, we, you've given us a new heart. We want to honor you. We want to glorify you in, in our lives. We want to become the church that you want us to be, and we want to become the people that you want us to be. Uh, Lord, that involves for us some intentional choices. And so, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters, and I pray for myself that this week we would enter into a new work week saying, the mission of God is priority number one for me. And so, you know, if the house doesn't get cleaned exactly the way it should, or if the job doesn't get done, or we don't get to the bottom of the to-do list, Lord, would you honor us with an opportunity to share life with someone, to share Jesus, to love them as family, and to grow together in Christ. Lord, thank you for this amazing thing. Thank you, Lord, that you did that for us, that somebody cared enough for us to share the gospel and for us to place our faith and trust in you. Lord, we just want to have an opportunity on, on any level to pay that forward this week. And we thank you in advance, in Jesus' name, amen.